0: We thank Heather. Heather's amazing. Pastor Pastor Heather. Pastor Heather. Pastor Heather. She's our executive pastor here. She was ordained about a month ago here at the Point. And we are honored. We are seeing massive increase in the house because of her gifting, her sacrifice. We love you, Heather. Thank you for being you. And for Tom. And your children, your family. We love you guys so much. Um, We are moving into something new today. I I am so excited. I shared a little bit last week. We just got back from South Africa and it was a journey. We took our staff out there, we've been sharing testimonies. We are going to have a testimony Sunday where the five of us are up here on a panel and we're going to share what God did. It's going to come up in a few weeks. I'm going to, you know, I'll share more about that. Um, Rochelle is, is, is on staff here, but she's also on staff at church on the beach. So she is stewarding that in the month of August. So, um, once we are all here, we're going to, we're going to host that together. It's going to be fun. Bring questions. I've ad, I've been asked this question many times, Jesse, what is the number one thing that you t- What's the number one takeaway from your time in South Africa? And I just want to say national transformation. Come on. I'm serious. Come on. National transformation wow. that started in the heart of Titch and Joan. It started in their heart. They began to ask the Holy Spirit, whoa, what's this inspiration that you've given me? Why, why am I so inspired? What is going on? And the Lord spoke to Titch, uh, uh, you are going to start an orphanage and you're going to reach hundreds of orphaned children and you're going to bring the body of Christ together and all this stuff. And, and Titch's uh, flesh. He probably fell on the ground for a month and a half. It just shook, right? <laughs> Under that, the weight of that word of like, how do I steward something that massive? So he started praying, right? So first we we pray. We ask Holy Spirit. Okay, Holy Spirit, how do I steward this word? I don't know how to do this. He starts praying. God begins to just, uh, give him patient endurance. Did you know the same word for patience in the Greek is the word who knows? Long suffering. Yeah. So if you ever pray for patience, then I'm sorry that you just prayed for that. <laughs> because it means you're about to long suffer through something. You're going to encounter it, but it's not, it's not just going to be a zap. It's going to be a journey of discovering how that looks in your life. And so God uses, he gives us the word just because he gave you the word doesn't mean it starts tomorrow. Sometimes he gives you the word, and it's meant to be stewarded, and you'll know he was on it in a decade when it begins to uh-huh. manifest. Uh-huh. And so God's beginning to, to do something in my heart. He gave me a word. He said, Jesse, you're going to plant a church in Santa Cruz, and it's going to have the word of God, and it's going to have the fire of the spirit of God, and it's going to bring the churches together. That was five, that was five years ago. And I'm the word of God. And I'm and I, I very unapologetic in my heart of seeing the Word of God and the Spirit of God, in that there are not two different type, types of churches. There's only one type of church, and it's the church that is abiding in the vine and, and walking in the Word. And so I feel like God is like saying, Jesse, this is the time. As you notice, we, we have this logo, the point of Jesus Community, and then there's a different sign out front that says Pleasure Point Community Church. And I just want to say this, that God is, is birthing something new, and we have been in a very hidden place. We've stayed hidden, and I feel like God's been saying, you've been in this incubator for a season, discovering how to do a few things. It's not time to go public with this thing yet, because we still have to learn how to do it. And so God's been teaching us, and it's been a long suffering, a patient endurance. And I'm like, okay, God, like, and the more that I run with people in this thing we call family, the more I realize, oh, we we haven't quite got this discipleship thing down quite yet. we got to get that down before we invite the harvest in. Chris, her, you know, she, she had a word on this trip to South Africa. The Lord spoke to her I it's okay, I share this, that that the, the power and the presence of God is going to come in a way that, that the earth has never seen before. And I, and I remember t- talking to you about that. I'm like, well, that's a pretty, that's an amazing thing. And then but you're not ready for it yet because if it came, it might kill you. And I'm like, what, what does that look like? And the more that we invite the harvest in to the body of Christ, the more we understand the weight of discipleship. And it's not just about a big crowd. It's about the quality of the root systems inside of the heart of the believers. So where we're taking this scene today is... um, if you've been around here at all, I, the, the word of the Lord, the, the, the word that I got initially in this thing five years ago was, Jesse, you're going to start a church in Santa Cruz with the word and the spirit combined together with uh, atomic power to transform people's hearts. And you're going you're gonna to function out of four um, um, value systems, identity, family, mission, and sacrifice. And I've been preaching this since the day we started. I didn't understand how to orient those values. Identity, what does that mean? Uh, family. I don't know. I come from a divorced home, right? When I think of family, I get triggered because my parents divorced. My wife's parents divorced. When we got married, uh, we got married um, in Oklahoma City uh, back in 2002. It's so almost it's 17 years ago, and we got married and we ejected out of Oklahoma City with fire on our, on the back of our heels, getting out to start a fresh life because it was hard back home where our family was. Come on, anybody in here? Yeah. I know I'm preaching to somebody right now, man. But God says, He says, I'm calling the misfits into a place, and they're gonna come in and they're gonna be transformed by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God, and we're gonna orient this thing together, and it's going to work because it's God's heart. Family is in God's heart. God's heart is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and He lives in Trinitarian family unity. That's who he is. So he designed it, it's his idea, not my idea. He made it up, and he said, This is how it works. And so he says, I'm going to hide a group of people in Santa Cruz County, and they're going to be hidden in the cleft of my hand, figuring out how to orient this thing before I let it loose. Yeah. People, listen to me right now very closely. It is being let loose today. Come on. Yeah. I'm, I promise you. Because, because I've been chewing on this thing. So, you guys got these, these cards. Um, something about these cards, the Lord has been, I'm just going to share the quick thing here. When I met with Titch and Joan in South Africa, I said, Titch, You know, how did you do it? And he said to me, he said, well, first I got the vision. Then I had to wait on the Lord. And then the Lord said, before you start the mission of the orphanage, I want you to plant a church in Durban. Before you start to build the missional mechanism out, you got to plant a church first. He said, okay, so he plants a church. And then it's in the context of family. Because out there in South Africa, they understand family fundamentally because that's how they survive. See here in America, we understand identity fundamentally because we're very autonomous. So we can get the identity thing, but we have a hard time with the family thing. They understand the family thing, but they struggle with the identity thing. And so I'm like asking the Holy Spirit, okay, how do we do this thing? And he says, you have to go to South Africa to get a hold of what they've received And and, and I'm like, I'm not going to South Africa. And, you know, that's crazy. And the Lord said, you're going to South Africa. And I said, in fear of the Lord, because the Lord said, we're going to find it out there. I said, if I don't go to South Africa, this thing's never going to get started. So I like had to, you know, come to terms with the fear of the Lord and obedience when God speaks. And I'm I'm saying from my heart that if we don't understand that fundamentally, we don't understand the kingdom of God. Jesus understand and he counted the cost before he went on his ministry for three years. And the cost was everything. And so as we kind of navigate this thing, identity, family, mission, sacrifice, identity, what we've discovered, we got this in the very beginning because I think we function well in identity at a certain level. Um, From a theological perspective, this is a different sermon, but the big picture was sonship, priesthood, and the bride. From a fundamental level, identity is understanding these revelations of sonship, revelations of the priesthood of all believers, and a revelation of the bride. Revelation chapter 19, it says that in that day, the bridegroom will gather the bride and they will be married. There will be a marriage ceremony revelatory because God will stand in that hour gathering the bride from generations into a moment where the bride and groom come together. What a revelation that is. Wow. But this stuff, you could sit on this stuff for all of eternity. I think we probably will. <laughs> we're going to just get just pulled into this thing, identity. Then family, we didn't understand it, so we blew over that one uh-huh. for about four <laughs> years, okay? Because we were trying to figure it out. And we, we jumped over family into mission, right? Because we're like, let's go. We've got identity. Let's go, Mission. So we blew over families, we got to mission, and the mission that that, that the Lord released was the ministry of Jesus. Saved, healed, set free, discipled, equipped, empowered, and sent. The Lord said, this is your mission, this is, and I'm like, that's a a big mission, God. It's a big mission. He said, this is your mission, okay? So we we start functioning from identity, and we're functioning from mission, okay? Family is there as a placeholder, but it's not defined yet. So we're like, we're going after seeing people saved in the harvest, seeing people uh, 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 delivered. Right, We had a deliverance conference with Pastor Stephen Beauchamp from IHOP uh, about maybe two months ago or what three months ago, very powerful. So saved, healed, set free. We have the healing rooms going now here in Santa Cruz. Yeah. Uh, Kathy Criticos and the team, if you're part of that team, put your hand up. People have been healed. You've seen people healed by the presence of God. So saved, healed, set free, discipled. We're like, well, there's different models and different books we can read and we can read the Bible. We didn't know how to fully get that going. Uh, uh, Equipped, teaching, right? Um, empowered, then sent out. So what I'm trying to say is just because God speaks it doesn't mean we haven't figured out yet. right? There's a corporate revelation that we have to catch. In order to see this thing become manifest in our lives, so we're we're going through this. So identity, family, mission, and sacrifice. I'm like, man, I don't like the sacrifice one that much. God, that one hurts a little bit, right? right. Romans chapter 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters, I beseech you, what is it? Uh, 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 present. I present. Yep, yeah, uh, present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So there's this picture of sacrifice that was not just meant to be one piece, but it's like I'm laying my whole life down on the altar, and I'm saying, God, I'm all in. And so what I'm trying to say is that God's given revelation to me. I was flying back from South Africa, and the Lord started to speak to me. And it started like this. We were praying for a principal at Live Village, and he was wounded. His leg, he had scoliosis, and so he, his wife had seen that we were praying for people. They were getting touched. There were words, God was moving. It was very powerful. And I felt, I, it's a very kind of strange thing, but I felt in a way, maybe like some people feel when God starts moving, everyone wants a part or a piece of you, right? So we're like praying for people, God's moving, then they're grabbing us to pray with, all, and it becomes this all day, all night thing. I mean, it was like crazy. I'm, I tried to escape with Lawrence for a minute to hide out, and we got approached by a group of 20 young people, and they just plopped down and said, prophesy over us, pray for us, because we hear that you guys are releasing the presence of God, and we're like, it's like 9.30 p.m. South Africa time, which means we haven't slept in like 32 hours. Like, what is going on? And so we start prophesying, and a, man, a young man stands up and gets called into ministry, In that moment, I mean, weeping, this young guy, probably 20 years old, we were just like, what is going on? So we ended up praying for this teacher, this principal, and while we're praying for him, I had a picture in my my mind, and the picture was of a oak tree planted in the ground, and the oak tree had strong root systems, and then all around the oak tree, there were reeds blowing in the wind. And I'm reminded of Matthew chapter 11, verse 7. I don't have the verse for it, but that verse hit me, and it says that, um, Did Jesus come so that you could see a reed blowing in the wind? And the context there is John the Baptist and all that, which is, is a, a different picture, but I just want to share that that was the picture I got, was the verse, Matthew 11, verse 7. And then I'm starting to think about a reed blowing in the wind, and there's an oak tree standing resolute in the ground, firmly planted And God begins to show me this. I had a moment with the Lord. And this is the word that I gave to this this man that I realized after was not just a personal word. It was a corporate word. It was for him. But it was also for me. And it's also for us. And it's also for every believer on planet earth. But I, I received it like fire. And the word was, there are people around our lives that are in disruption. Mm-hmm. They're triggered, right? They're just like, their lives are unstable. They're not standing resolute. And we bring the hope of glory of Jesus Christ with our lives, don't we? Yes. And we bring it into our situations, our families, our workplaces, everywhere we go. And we're standing and we're, we're declaring a message of salvation, of hope. But when we release that message, the enemy wants to come in And disrupt the revelation that we've received in God. And it wants us to trigger along with the reeds. It wants to convince us that we are like the reeds blown in the wind. And so when we start going, so, so when the reeds blow, it wants to get us to blow with it. So that it can say, see I told you, you're just like I am. You're no different than a reed blown in the wind. I knew you didn't have anything special to offer. Yeah. You're just like a reed. You're triggered just like I'm triggered, which means that the God that you worship is weak like the God that I worship. No. And when we understand fundamentally that the word of God says that you are not a reed blown in the wind, but you are an oak tree planted by the streams of living water... Then when those things trigger testing our faith and we're standing resolute, that thing, it's because it's trying to convince us that we have a different nature than the Lord Jesus. And there's a nature in God that is so solid, so firmly planted and rooted that nothing can shake the foundations. And so when I saw this, and I gave this guy the word and the word just felt like, oh my gosh, everything around me, is always being tested. My faith is always being tested. My faith is always being put through a test and a trial to prove its legitimacy as a leader, Mm -hmm. as a man of God. So I have a choice. And the choice is, do I choose to believe in my true nature, firmly rooted and planted as an oak tree, or do I choose to orphan myself and my, my, my nature out and become like a reed blown in the wind? Guess what? It's a choice. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here to say that there, there are some groups that are people that might say, no, there's no choice. You're an O-tree. And I'm here to say, it's a choice. You get to choose the mindset that you put on. Be transformed, therefore, in the renewing of your mind. You're not conforming to the powers of the world. And so there's this idea, identity, family, mission, sacrifice. The Lord said, you cannot stand alone in, in your identity as a son, a priest, or the bride. It is a plural thing meant to function in togetherness and a family, and until you get the family down, you can never manifest the glory that you've been after. So what I'm here to say today is God is releasing a revelation of family that's going to take us into the next few weeks, Um, and and it's going to be powerful because he wants us to understand this. So I have a very um, uh, word-heavy message for us. I'm going to go through it quickly. But I want to just just please take notes with you. Draw, write on this thing if you want to for fun. Um, But I have, I feel like there's a lot of verses here to establish a strong foundation in root systems, because it's in our root systems uh, that creates a strong tree. Amen? Who's excited they came to church today? This is the missing mechanism in the Church of America. What I'm going to preach right now, this is the mechanism that if we don't have this, we don't walk in the power that God wants us to walk in. Because we cannot do it in identity alone. It functions in family. Amen? Proverbs chapter 12, verse 3. I'm just going to read some verses to us, okay? No one can be established through wickedness, but the righteous cannot be uprooted. Verse 12. The wicked covet the catch of evil men, but the root of the righteous yields fruit. Mm -hmm. Colossians 2, 6-7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Romans chapter 11, verse 16. For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. See, the context at Live Village when Titch looked me in the eye, weeping, because this man carries the heart of the Father in a way I have never seen it in another human on planet earth. He looked me in the eye and he said, the Lord said to plant a church before we would see the mission released. And I'm thinking, what did that look like? And he said, family. Everyone said family out there. Family, it's family. So the first thing that, I, that I'm, I'm, I'm looking at is that healthy roots must be planted. It's the first thought. Healthy roots must be planted. Healthy roots must be planted. I'm a, I've, I've begun to farm and garden because the Lord spoke to me about three years ago and said, if you want to be a pastor, Jesse, of people, you have to learn how to cultivate soil and grow things from seed to harvest. Until you understand that fundamental principle, the parable of the sower, you're not qualified to be a pastor yet. Sorry. Wow. I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta start farming. I don't know. I had, I had two 50 foot raised beds in my backyard. And I'm like, oh my goodness, weeds everywhere. He's like, that's your heart, Jesse. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, Metaphors, right? <laughs> Metaphors all day, right? In the soil, I'm like, like, getting, like, slain in the spirit with my, like, with my, with my shovel. I'm like, God's speaking to me in the soil. I had to cultivate soil. I had to put a plant in the ground. And so, I, and, and then I got, then, then a guy, you know, brings a hydroponics uh, system to my house. He goes, hey, I've heard you're farming, and he just had a truck with a hydroponics. I'm like, what? He brought it my backyard, and now I'm growing. I'm growing plants out of water because it was all spiritual. All this is spiritual. God's like saying, look at what happens when you put roots inside of water with the right nutrients. Watch how fast they grow. They grow 30% faster in water. And so I'm like, whoa, I'm like seeing this. And then I and then I, as the root systems grow in the water, as they mature, they, they can get really, like I've got a pumpkin plant growing, it's huge, I had to pull it out and we're talking roots like this long these huge root balls that I'm pulling out and then I'm transplanting them in their proper place in the soil of the garden, right? So there's something about roots must be planted. In Second Kings chapter 19 verse 30 it says one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible if you want a favorite verse check this one out And the remnant who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upwards. Okay? And the remnant who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again, say the word again, again take root downward and bear fruit upward. I pray almost every Sunday, Lord, let this word, let this gathering take root downward mm-hmm. yeah. so that fruit will bear upward. Come on. God, let this word, let your spirit move so that we would take root again. Yeah. Sometimes we take root in the wrong places, don't we? We were taking root in the wrong place before? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, um, that... You know, maybe the funny thing about taking root in the wrong place is we don't really necessarily know what's going to happen because we took root in the wrong place until three or five years later. Isn't that true? Yeah. yeah. It takes time, right? Time goes on. Then you're like, you're looking back and you're like seeing the root manifest into a fruit tree or a tree that should be bearing fruit that's not. Well, what happened? You have to go and look. How are the roots doing? Are they healthy? Are they grounded? Are is there nutrients in the soil? All these things. So I'm always asking the question, Lord, again, take root downward and bear fruit upward. Psalm 92, 13 through 14 says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age, and they shall be fresh and flourishing. I met a guy a couple of days ago. I was at a, at a friend's house with a farmer in Watsonville, and this guy was her talking, and this guy was sh- sharing with me. He's like, Dude, I've been eating healthy and I've been, you know, just taking care of just my, like my body's being taken care of and on my diet and all this stuff. And he said, I feel like I'm getting younger. Right? I'm like, he's like probably close to 50. And he's like, I, I and mean, he looks like he's like in his 30s. So I'm like, dude, what are you doing bro? Right? He's taking care of his temple, but it's a holistic thing. So it's not just the body. It's also the soul and the spirit. So we're never just stewarding one thing. We're stewarding three right. things every day of our lives. Right? Body, soul, spirit. It's like, so God's teaching us how to flourish, how to stay fresh. So who's going to bear fruit? Those who are planted in the Lord. Who's going to bear fruit? Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. So so when the Lord spoke to Titch and said, yes, you have a vision for an orphanage to reach hundreds and thousands of people. But first you have to get your heart right. And then you have to build family community and develop a church. And then the mechanism of mission will begin to be birthed. And so we we understand fundamentally that gathering on Sundays is amazing. We love to worship together. uh, But this is only one way. It is not a one-size-fits-all thing. Okay, We gather on Sundays. and, And the idea is that we are planted in a greater community of worshipers. And God's speaking revelation over our hearts. And we get to bump into each other on Sundays... And encourage and inspire each other uh, that there is a great community of witnesses of people coming together. That's one way. But there are many other ways. And the the Lord's been releasing into this house how to gather. And and this will be embedded in this teaching series of how we are going to gather in the fall. And it's not just on Sundays. Sundays are amazing. uh, But this is just one way. There are... Five ways that we are going to be gathering here in the community. And each way is going to be directing our heart into an encounter with the Lord Jesus, which is 24-7. He wants to calibrate our minds so that we are always thinking about Him. Our eyes are always on Him, so we'll talk about that at a different time. But this is the beginning. Healthy roots must be planted. The second thing is, healthy roots must be watered. Say Watered. Water. They must be water. Jeremiah 17, 7-8 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when he comes, but its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. And this picture is a picture in the middle of a mess, in Jeremiah 17, the Lord speaks. It is a crazy picture. If you knew the context, I encourage you to go and read it. I love how we just pull little you know, verses out and we're like, how amazing is our God? If you knew the context, you'd be like, oh my good Lord. They had to hear that word to encourage their heart. In the midst of the trial that they found themselves in, healthy roots must be watered. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. Say the word waters. Waters. He wants our roots to be watered. And sometimes the root systems that we water are the wrong root systems. Mm -hmm. See, we water the wrong roots and we grow the wrong plant. Let's say that again. Uh, We, We water the wrong roots and we grow the wrong plants. God wants us to water intentionally roots. So that something will grow. And what what I love about this picture of this this tree right here, which I'm just going to, this is going to be the next few weeks, so please hold on to this. Keep it in your Bible. Take notes on it. Bring it back next Sunday. Pray into this with us. But if you understand fundamentally how a seed works, it first goes in the ground and it dies, doesn't it? It encounters sacrifice. It lays its life down for something transformational, something entirely different. And then as it begins to put down roots, the roots are of the nature, the DNA, the genetics of the seed, yes? So we can't just take the seed and cut it in half because we don't like that there's a thorn attached to the seed, right? We take the whole seed and we put the whole seed into the ground. And of the nature of the seed, the plant will grow. And Jesus, in him, he plants Something inside of us, the word of God, is a seed planted in the heart of man. And it bears fruit. It is an undiluted, uncompromised, pure seed. And we take the whole seed, we don't part it out, we don't chop it up and mutate it because it doesn't look the way we think it should look. Which we're guilty of, aren't we? Some of us. I mean, I am done that before, and God says, no, it's the whole seed planted in the heart, and that whole seed will bear roots, and as those roots get healthy in the ground, and they're uh, cared for, then they will begin to grow, and so healthy roots must be planted, healthy roots must be watered. In Psalm 1, it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree. Here we go again. Yeah. Planted by the rivers of water. That bring forth its fruit in its season. Whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does. Shall prosper. Wow. There's something going on here. In the word. Watering certain roots. And God's saying. To this house in this season that it is going to be a choice to water the root of unity and Amen. not Amen. discord That's okay. Good. Yeah. okay, it's a choice yeah. we're going to water the root of excellence and not mediocrity yeah. right. we're going to water the root of humility and not pride we're going to water the root of service and not uselessness, right? We're going to show up and ask Holy Spirit. And it doesn't have to look like one thing, but we're going to be asking the Lord, how it look for me to serve you, Jesus, today? We're going to choose to water the root of faith and not mistrust. It's a choice, isn't it? There's a conspiracy over here. Someone's, no, no. Okay. Faith, faith. We're leaning in to the promises of God and we will manifest that which we water. It's a choice to water equity and not imbalance. It'll be a choice to water compassion and not indifference. It's a choice to water submission and not defiance. It's a choice to water good character and not disrepute. It's a choice to water generosity and not the opposite of that. We're going to choose to water roots in family. And these roots are going to bear forth a tree that will bring life. When I got around the village and I saw that they are fundamentally functioning in family, it's because they have no other option. They had to come under uh, the, the greater, bo- the body and say, man, we are in and we see that God is moving here and we want to serve the vision of seeing transformation occur through these people. And they began to come into it. And it was interesting because when I asked the leaders of Live Village if they could tell me their value systems around family, they couldn't tell me because it is fundamentally a part of their DNA, their, who they are. Whereas for us, we have to come up with these things to be like, no, we're doing it. Why? Because we've never done it before. Make sense? So we're giving, God gave us some values to, and I see them as guardrails. So anytime my heart gets suspicious and I start to walk down that road of suspicion, I'm going to choose to have faith. I'm going to choose to believe that God's greatest and God's good is on the move. And I'm going to walk that out in my life. And so there's so much that God's doing. Because how many of us know that there's someone else trying to water you with his word? That's right. That's right. And his name is Satan. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Revelation 12, 15. Watch this. This is like my, woo. <laughs> so the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman. That was the church. That he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. Come on. Because he's speaking another word. And that other word, it goes contrary to the root systems of family. He wants to tear the family apart. That's why in America we have a high divorce rate in this country. Because if he can go after the family, the family and the marriage was always meant to be a prophetic witness of the Lord, the covenant, of the bond. And so if he can tear that down, then he can tear apart our effectiveness mission. So God wants you to understand this. Have you ever had a negative word flood your mind before? And you're like, oh yeah, they must be, oh, oh, I saw saw the way they looked at me. Uh. Oh, they are. Oh, I thought they were uh, uh, offended at me or whatever. Oh, okay, now they, oh, now I know they are, because I saw the way that eye twitched. And then all of a sudden, we build a mountain, a whole storyline, and we water a negative root. And we, what, what is the first thing that happens? We blow out of that relationship so fast, don't we? And God says, what would happen if you watered the root? You watered the root of, of being unified. You watered the root of good character. Just because nobody's looking doesn't mean it's not impacting your heart. You watered the root of equity, and you said, I'm going after balance in my life, uh, justice in my life, and compassion. So God wants us to begin to be vigilant in this house, because he's calling us into a great mission. We are not going to be in this house, physically, this building, for much longer. We're only here for another few months, and God has spoken that we are to transition out of this place, because there's never any parking. Right? He wants to develop us. He wants to grow and flourish this house. He wants to see groups, discipleship groups, life groups, families healthy. And it can only happen when we lead vigilantly in faith, watering the right roots. Because if we water the right roots, we will bear the right fruit. Yeah. And so God is saying to me, you're not going to see people saved, killed, set free, discipled, equipped, empowered, and sent. Because you try to make those things happen. Listen very closely. Those are ministries of Jesus. He does those things. I water the root of character. I water the root of equity. I water the root of compassion. Being spirit-centered and truth-centered. I choose that. He does this. Come on. Get anybody in here? Did that land? Yeah. You guys catch that? Because that's why I made it Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, what did I just say? No. It felt like that's what I'm trying to say. I'm not done yet. One more thing. One more thing. Healthy roots must be fertilized. I'm going here, people. Because. Because if we don't understand this, then when we don't see what we want to see, we're going to cut it down before it bears fruit. Watch this in Luke chapter 13, 6 through 9. He also spoke this parable. This is Jesus. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found, say the word, none. 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 Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for three years I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree and I find, say the word none, none. None. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? It's a waste of space. What's it even doing in my vineyard? Right? But he, I think, this is the voice of the Lord Jesus, says, well it is, he's speaking of it, but I think this is his perspective on this story. But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and say, Fertilize it. Fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well, that's great. But if not, after that, you can cut it down. I just want to say this. the fertilizer is what? Right? So whenever you're around stinky, smelly, rough, weird things in your life, count it all joy mm-hmm. that when you're in trials of many kinds. Mm-hmm. come on, I'm about to preach right now. Yes. Yeah. You know yeah. I'm not making it, right? Yeah. Like the fertilizer is the yucky, gross, excrement stuff that no one wants to look at but without it you grow nothing. Say nothing. nothing. It's in the trial. Sometimes it's in the fertilizer. It's in the stench right where compassion is tested. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's where equity is tested. It's where your faith is tested. It's where truth is tested. It's tested in the fertilizer. It's when everything comes crashing down and your plan that you had put together didn't work. And you're standing looking at God saying with bright eyes, right? Like, a, like, like eyes in a, like, you know, deers in a headlight. Why didn't it work? And God says, uh, I'm not done with it yet. Let's try some more fertilizer. Yep. If you have an area of your life that feels unfruitful, examine it, take a look at it, fertilize it. Maybe it's not time to cut it down yet. Maybe it's time for you to fertilize it, to let it stay where it's at for a minute, uh, because we all go through tough times in life, and and that's a part of it. But God's promise, God's word will never, ever, ever fail you, ever, ever. It was amazing with the baptism like when Kenny shared with me and he was, Kenny, you're here, brother. I just love you, man. I'm so thankful, bro, that you you shared that because you said, when I came to this church for the first time a year ago, my life was a mess and I didn't know what to do with anything and someone came up to me and shared the gospel, laid hands on me, prayed for me and immediately, everything started changing. Why? Because he's a good father and he loves you. And when we seek him diligently we shall what? Find him, always, every single time. So someone, maybe you have some circumstances in your life, there there are things happening right now, this is where we are in that season of fertilizer, don't cut it down yet, some of the greatest moves of God were cut down before they could bear fruit. Did you know that? Something happened, someone got offended, someone said something, all of a sudden the whole thing, preserved a people in a place for a generation to be transformed and before that thing could bear fruit because sometimes fruit trees take 8, 10, 12 years to bear fruit. And instead of going deeper, they pulled it out and they threw it in the fire. What could have been? What could have been? And I'm here to say that we are here laying down roots and this tree will not be pulled out of the ground This is a tree that is firmly rooted in the Word of God and the Spirit of God. 2 Kings 19.30, I'm going to read it again. And the remnant who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. There's something on this verse I want us to get a hold of today and understand it fundamentally. That every root in our lives is a choice. So as you're kind of looking at these 12, and we know that there are more than 12 roots. There are more than 12 roots. These are 12 that we're choosing to go after in this season. A good but it is, it's a very good number. God wants us to understand that you make the choice. We make the choice. Are we going to choose to unify and have Jen come up from a different church and lead worship? <laughs> Uni- unify, Yeah. Are we going to choose to do that? Or are we going to be a lone ranger and do it alone? Nope. And never let anyone in? Nope. Right? Are we going to choose? So, so this is what I, what I want to do right now. Um, I've got a graphic and it's on, it's on this thing. It says the family value. You see that? The family values. See that? The family values. And what, what I want us to see, every time we see that logo, when you see the family values logo, I want you to uh, uh, do this. Those 12 things that are on there, on that card, says the family values, the first one, is unity. The family values excellence, right? So what, what I want us to do is, and you can go you know, this week and, and you know, the next few weeks, look at the verses on there. They are going to take you to places maybe you've never been before, okay, in your heart. And you ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, why is there so much discord in my life? And he's going to ask you, which root are you watering? Examine the roots that you're watering and choose, make a decision this day whom you shall serve. Because Jesus is the tree of life. There's a whole different sermon, but we did kind of a series like a few weeks ago on this, the tree of life. He is the tree of, this is Jesus. This is him. This is what he does. So together, we're going to stand up together and end this way. Please stand up to your feet with me. Fiery church that's on fire for God. <laughs> Pull out your sheets if you have them and look at it because I don't have the slide, but I want us to, to keep this with us um, and look at it. I'm gonna say the family values and then you'll say the first one, unity together, okay. and then I'll say the family values and you'll say excellence. All right, makes sense, right? Yeah. Okay, here we go. You guys, you guys, you guys, it. Did yeah. you stretch or anything? No. Okay, here we go. Here we go. The family values. The family values excellence. The family values The family values service. The family values faith. The family values equity. The family values compassion. The family values submission. The family values integrity. The family values generosity. The family values kingdom centered. Living. The family values. Treatment. Spirit. Living. Yeah. Okay. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to have the prayer team come up right now. Jen, if you want to come up, that'd be amazing. We turn this place into a house of prayer after the gathering. The service is officially over right now. Thank you for coming. Uh, but if you need prayer, as I was sharing anything, if the Holy Spirit was identifying roots that need to be dealt with, we have a trained, powerful prayer team chain-breaking prayer team that wants to walk with you in prayer, uh, just come up and, and ask me to pray. If you guys want to talk in that conversation, please go over in the coffee shop and do that. we love to hear at the point. We'll see you guys next Sunday. Bye.